I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Tuesday, February 11, 2020. We are looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. We have stuff. We've got stuff on the docket. Stuff was going on in and around the markets today. We're going to check in and a couple of important indexes, and I'm going to show you a cool thing or two. The first thing we need to do is get an assessment of where we are from the daily chart. What's the first thing that pops off the page? Well, the first thing is obvious. We're at new highs. We continue to make new highs. We made a new high yesterday. We made another new high today. Only today wasn't the same type of day. Yesterday was. We made a new high. The market kind of crapped out. It looks like it filled a gap. We're going to get to that in a few minutes. Not everything is always as it seems. And we know that we're high on the chart. We're extended away from home base yet once again. So therefore, it wouldn't be out of the ordinary for the market to come down, but we need to put it in perspective. This is a bullish uptrend. Technically speaking, there is nothing wrong with the tape. When we peel back the onion a little bit, we may find some different things going on on a variety of different charts. That's fine. What we're doing right now is getting assessment of the SPY daily chart, nothing more, nothing less. Now what we'll do is one of those routines where we drill down going from larger time frame down to smaller time frame, see what the charts are telling us. That's how we decipher what the market's doing on a short term, intermediate term, and then longer term. It depends on which chart you're looking at. Once all the charts confirm, that's where the highest probabilities start to set in. So here's a 240-minute chart, and what we see is something that's taught right out of the course, lazy e-mini trader. There's two things on this chart that jump off the page at me. Both things are taught right in the course. Both things signal the fact that the market should change trend right now. Does it have to be a long-term trend change or can it be a short-term trend change? Well, since we're looking at a 240-minute chart, we would say that the trend would change for at least three, possibly more candles. That would constitute a trend change, albeit a short-term one, but it's still a trend change nonetheless from a short-term perspective. Let me just clarify something. Let me separate, for the purposes of this conversation, price and time. The price is high on the chart. The trend is up from a price, a bull market perspective. And certainly, as long as price stays above the 20 and the 50 period moving average, which are well down below, then the trend from a price perspective is up. However, markets do ebb and flow. So when we're talking about a time trend change... For the purposes of that, we're speaking in terms of number of candles. Against the high from the candle earlier today, this high here, which comes in at the high of day, which is the all-time high, 337.02. But this, in and of itself, isn't the only thing on the chart that's right out of the course. There's something else that confirms everything we just talked about. Now again, nothing works 100% of the time, but when you start stacking these things up, one on top of the other, on top of the other, you're increasing the probabilities that you're going to be right. 
Here's a case in point, and this is really for learning purposes, but here's a case in point where a trader can be short against the high today, which is obviously short distance from the closing price, therefore qualifying for having to lose small and fast if we have to lose at all. What about the 120 minute chart? We see a very similar routine. We're gonna get to the gap in a moment. Now this particular chart only gives us one of the two things that the 240 minute chart gave us, but that's okay. You're not gonna find the same stuff showing up on the same charts all the time. That is precisely why we have to look at a multitude of different charts to unpack the story the market is trying to spit back at us. How about the hourly chart? Same routine. So here we'll begin to talk about some other things that happened from an intraday perspective. Before we do that, I want everybody to see inside the numbers, the pre-market notes, and then the commentary throughout the day, and then we'll match it up with what happened throughout the day as we drill down to other time frames and go back to the S&P chart. You can obviously start and stop the video at your leisure. We'll also take a look at stocks on the move. We'll do it while we're here. What you can do is just take a snapshot of the screen, write down the numbers, don't write down the numbers, take my word for it. When we get over to the charts, you know I'm gonna have lines where the numbers are. We have to look at a particular rocket ride. Let's scroll up to the intraday commentary and I'm not gonna comment on the commentary. What I want you to do, if you're interested, if you're not interested, you can skip through it, obviously. If you're interested, start and stop the video, read the commentary, I think you'll be quite interested to see what was discussed at certain numbers or about certain numbers about certain market activity before the activity actually took place what we're doing is we're getting a pulse of the market what inside the numbers members are getting is a tour guide leading them their way through the market as the day goes on and here's what happens here's the best part you get a feel for what's going to happen when you start to see the same things repeat over and over and over again because I point them out over and over and over again. If I don't point them out, you're not going to see them because you're not looking for them. What somebody might see as random, somebody else might see as, oh, of course they went to that number and bounced off of it. It happens all the time. Now let's get back to the hourly chart. I want to discuss the gap real quick. So the gap happens to be 334.69. We're getting close to cool thing number one, but it's not the gap. Let's check out where the low of day was. It looked like they filled the gap, but they actually didn't. The low of the day was 334.75. The gap is at 69. They come up six cents short. We see them do this kind of thing all the time. One of two things happens. Either they trade away quickly, which was discussed in the notes. That's a bullish sign, right? It's an intraday puzzle piece. Or they're going to come back down and fill the gap and in many cases, go lower. So we're learning to read the market, read the tape. Now we're back to the daily chart. I want to show you this. Here's the low of day on the daily chart, 334.68. That sounds weird. Back to the hourly, the gap is at 334.69. The daily chart shows a print down at 334.68, and the market actually never traded to either one. Shenanigans. That's still not cool thing number one. Let me show you cool thing number one. So what was the high of day yesterday? 
75. Here's a one minute chart, 334.75, low of day, high of day yesterday. They never fill the gap. Now, we don't know that that's going to happen in advance, but the market always has a reason to go to some number. Can you figure out why? Can you figure out what the significance of said number, any number, is on any particular day? It is my life's work. What about the other side of the ball? We have to play umpire. There could be a bear case. There could be a bull case. The bear case is they're going to come back down, do the gap, and then some. The bull case is what? The bull case is this was just a move higher, a bull flaggish, bull wedgish, consolidationish type of pattern that's setting up for another move higher. We continue to get gap up after gap up after gap up. So that being the case, let's take a look at what kind of pattern has been developing. This way we can make an assessment whether the pattern is continuing or is the pattern over? Let's just start from last Friday. Actually, it's two Fridays ago. The 31st of January was a Friday, and it was a pretty big down day. Start the month of February, the 3rd of February, gap higher, consolidation. The next day, gap higher, consolidation. The next day, gap higher, and go. Somewhat of a trend day up. The next day, gap higher, and then what happens on the 7th, which was what? Last Friday, the market was down. What happened this Monday? The market opens up down, but trades up, finishes strong for the day. Today, gap higher, somewhat of a crap out, but there's no trouble in the market. It still could just be a consolidation pattern. In perspective, the S&P was up almost six points on the day. So it's positive. Technically, there's nothing wrong with the market. We're peeling back the onion we're doing due diligence. What about Camp IWM? Is there anything of significance going on over here? Not really. It's above the moving averages. They tried to but could not yet get through the pivot from February 6th right over here. Federal case? No. Any information one way or the other? No. We're still in the same place or similar to what we were yesterday. Middle of the range. What's the range? When you look at this high over here to the low over here, we're still in the middle of the range. Therefore, anything goes. Above the moving averages, it's a bullish tint. No two ways about it. Are they just building energy in a chop shop formation trying to get over this breakdown candle high? Probably. Since it is my favorite market leading indicator, let's take a look at how it compared or contrasted today against the S&P. And the answer is... It was up almost three quarters of 1% against the S&P that was slightly in the green. So it was outperforming on the upside. Still somewhat of an intraday crap out, but also just an intraday consolidation pattern inside its opening range. So you can see from an intraday perspective, the IWM stayed stronger than the SPY did, never challenging its opening range low. The S&P got below its opening range low, went down toward the gap, missed it by a smidgen, but you can see the difference as we compare and contrast the S&P against the IWM. Different market, more strength in the IWM. This one says consolidated all day. Nothing more, nothing less. Face value, that's the duck on the IWM chart.
What's the duck? If it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, it's generally a duck. What's going on down at the transportation department? This is a little bit different than the IWM, closer to the S&P 500. Second favorite market leading indicator, first favorite canary in the coal mine. More of a crap out, finished near the lows, did not fill the gap. We can take a look at an intraday chart. You will see that it did challenge and get below the opening range low. So I would have to say in terms of compare and contrast the three indices together, the S&P, the transports, and the IWM, the transports is the middle child. It is the tweener. It is Jan Brady. And if you don't know who Jan Brady is, I'm a whole lot older than you. Here's a short hop. Let's go ahead and check in again over at the Shanghai Index and take a look at what we discussed last night. They are still creeping up toward the high of the breakdown candle high. We don't know if they're going to get there or not, but that's the direction they're going in. We discussed the fact that a lot of times it can be like a magnetic situation going on to those breakdown and breakup candle spots. Especially in this case, you have all those moving averages up there. The market is generally going to be drawn to a spot like that. This was kind of cool thing number two, but I'm regenerating cool thing from last night into cool thing number two from tonight. But I do have one more thing to show, so I'll get away with it. Here's a chart of Microsoft. Now, we can certainly call this a reversal in Microsoft, and here are the qualifications. You had a slight gap higher, and you had a crap out. You finished near the low of the day, and the last piece to the puzzle is, it was on volume. It was pretty good volume, almost 53 million shares. Now, here's the deal. Microsoft is in a very, very solid uptrend. However, it's very, very high on the chart, very far away from home base. What's home base? the 20-period moving average. But when you start to look at this intraday crap out and how it developed and how it ended up in Microsoft, you can't help but wonder, is this institutional distribution? And if it is, was it limited to Microsoft? Maybe they just came back down to test a former breakout area, a breakup candle low. Here's a 60-minute chart. You can see what I'm talking about. Here's the low of the breakup candle, 183 and a quarter, What was low of day? 183.50. Certainly looks like that, smells like that, but this is something worth watching. Here's a weekly chart of Microsoft. Now, if you've owned Microsoft as a hypothetical situation for a long time and you're in from 30 bucks or 40 bucks or whatever the price is, do you care if it goes from 190 to 150 or 160 or 170? Probably not. It's probably in a retirement account. You're not watching it that closely. However, if you have a different perspective and you think that it can potentially be one of the leading tells, one of the leading stocks in the market, then maybe, just maybe, we should be paying attention. We don't have anything conclusive yet, but we might have some evidence brewing. Are we getting anything from Apple? So it was down $2. That's not a big deal. It's not a reversal. So there's nothing tangible in Apple, but it was down. It's of note. Could be a puzzle piece. I'm not sure it's on the table yet. Maybe it's off to the side. What do you got over here in Amazon? Looks to me like you got a tail candle. Looks like we're going to keep looking. about Facebook? What's this chart telling us? Is this chart telling us it's pointed up or is it pointed down? If you've taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader, then you could see something very distinct on this chart. It's not a chart that's leading the market higher at present. Let's keep looking. 
How's Netflix doing? High on the chart in a solid uptrend. However, puts in a doji candle. Interesting, of note, puzzle piece on the table. What's going on over in Google land? How about a tail candle? High on the chart in an uptrend, but a tail candle. Interesting, of note, puzzle piece on the table. You getting the point? You got to take a look around the horn. Here's something, the XLF. So we had a reversal candle on the 6th of February in the XLF. We've now challenged the high of that reversal candle today. It's high on the chart, it's in an uptrend, but it is interesting. It's a small tail candle, we challenge the high. If they get above the high and close up there, that's fine. We're just describing what's going on right now. We're the umpire. We're calling balls and strikes. How about the SMH? Anything interesting here? Is this telling us anything? Absolutely not. 2% today on the upside. Strong day for the SMH. It's not giving us any information whatsoever. I might have skipped the cues before. Telling us anything interesting? Seems like it looks very similar in terms of the daily chart to the SPY. Again, same routine. It's high on the chart. Eventually, these things are going to take a break. But on its face, it's in an uptrend. It's just a red candle. There's nothing technically wrong when you look at this chart. You have to take it at face value. But if you're looking for something and you go down to a 240-minute chart, you might see a doji candle. And by the way, the whole list of stocks and the Microsoft thing and all that stuff, that was really cool thing number two and a half. Maybe it was a full-fledged three. Have I told you how much I appreciate you and how without you these videos are not possible? It's a true statement. I love making these videos and I love the fact that Inside the Numbers members are making money. Thank you for all the emails today. We're not going to get away. We're not going to skate away without taking a look at a couple of charts. So Callaway Golf, symbol Eli for Eli Callaway, was getting a haircut at the open. Stock closed yesterday at $20.56, so it's trading down. Two prices were identified as target entries, half at target number one, half at target number two. Then you can see what happened. It had an immediate rocket ride basically off of target number two. Sometimes I really don't know which target is going to generate the biggest reaction, the rocket ride we're looking for. If there's two opportunities close together, this is the way you have to do it. Look at the one-minute chart, just so you can get the magnitude. In the second minute of the day, they come in and they do the deed down to the second price. In the third minute of the day, they're at a high of 20 bucks. How you doing? That is a rocket ride. Masco, MAS, on the other hand, was somewhat of a screw job for this trader. Some other traders got the deal, but here's what happened. It ran down right close to the opening bell. Here's the 24-hour clock, so you can see at 9.30, it just dips right down. Just a few minutes earlier at 9.15, it was already at a high of 48 and a quarter. So it runs down real quick, and here's what happened. They opened it below the number, which scares away a lot of traders, rightfully so. It's generally a sign of weakness. In this case, it was just a screw job. 46.30 was the open, and then what they did was they dropped it and then immediately just ripped it back up on the rocket ride, leaving this trade, this trader, and many others at the altar. It happens, but here's the lesson learned. Here's the takeaway. Look at what happened. Look at how important that price area was. We do this day in, day out. That's the takeaway. 
you can see the importance of the price. By the way, back to Eli for a second. Look at the importance of 1853. At 10.15 in the morning or in that candle, stock makes a low of 18.49 and then takes off again to the upside. Go ahead and checking in at 18.53. How about UAA, Under Armour? Same routine. Came into the number, found support. It was a base hit. It didn't give us a whole lot. It made a high of 17.09. When you're talking about a $16 or $17 stock and you're at a round number like 17 on the way back up, you have to take profit. You found that in the commentary early on today. Either way, you can see the importance of that price area. After all, let's put this in perspective. The stock closes yesterday at $20.44. Getting a buzz cut, basically down 20%, give or take. We pick off the low within pennies and get the bounce for the scalp trade. Some of these will just continue higher, and that's why we teach... You book some profits and you let the rest go. We don't know which ones are going to come back in and which ones are really going to go on the all-day sucker or all-day rocket ride. We get base hit, base hit, base hit, double, triple home run, base hit, base hit, base hit. And guess what happens after a career of base hits like that? You end up in the Hall of Fame. Here's another one right off the list. Goodyear Tire, getting a haircut. Not a tremendous move, but from entry up to high, it was 37 cents. On an $11 stock, that's a good scalp trade. In fact, that's a great scalp trade. It's almost 3%. Again, within pennies, we picked off another low with a stock that was getting killed. Not everybody can do that. And guess what, folks? We're going to use that as a segue to pull the ripcord for this episode. Once again, I appreciate each and every one of you. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.